This is Catholic Daily Brief. Episode 41. Is there salvation outside the church? To the majority of modern believers, both Catholic and non-Catholic, just religious believers of all kind, this question seems ridiculous. Their answer would be an immediate, yes, of course there's salvation outside the church. There's all kinds of roads to salvation. This mentality is more informed by modern culture than it is by the words of Christ. To answer this question, we need to figure out how to hold two different things at the same time. The first is that it seems inconsistent with God's infinite goodness and desire for our salvation that people might be damned through the mere fact of the accidents of history, that they were born before Christ came, or even after Christ came, they lived before the gospel reached their particular area of the world or that people might be damned through invincible ignorance of the gospel, that is, ignorance that they can't overcome. They don't have the means at their disposal to know about the truth of Christ and his church. So to hold that also along with this second truth, that Christ made it clear that he came to institute the church for our salvation as the means for salvation. He said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that we only come to the Father through him, and also that he instituted a church that is an extension of himself, that is, the mystical body of Christ. That he is the way, and that his church was instituted to be the way, the instrument of salvation for all the world, not one among many. Regarding the claim that he did in fact institute a church, I'd point you to my episode on that, Did Christ Institute a Church, before you listen to this episode. So, how do we reconcile these two truths that it's inconsistent with God's infinite goodness that some people be damned through no fault of their own, and that Christ said we only come to the Father through him, that we can only be saved, that we can only enjoy eternal life through him. And not just saying that in general, when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me in John chapter 14, but also he who believes and is baptized will be saved, he who does not believe will be condemned in Mark chapter 16. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish in Luke 13. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. And all of the other claims he made that unless we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we do not have life in us in John chapter 6. He who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters in Matthew chapter 12. So as I said, People that think that Christ is just offering one way among many, or that he didn't say anything specifically about salvation, are just basing themselves more on the cultural attitude of relativism, the idea that everyone's way is valid, and that Christ will save us if we simply are kind and compassionate. Oftentimes these are the same people that most likely haven't really read the Gospels and believe that Christ didn't exactly claim to be God or didn't demand our worship or didn't demand anything in particular. And in answer to those, I'd point you both to just going and reading the Gospels and also the episode I did on that entitled, Did Christ Claim to Be God? So basing itself on the very clear teaching of Christ in the Gospels, the Church teaches and has always taught both from the earliest fathers of the church through the Second Vatican Council in our own day and age, what is contained in the Catechism, and that is, quote, basing itself on scripture and tradition, the council teaches that the church, a pilgrim now on earth, is necessary for salvation. 
The one Christ is the mediator and the way of salvation. He is present to us in his body, which is the church. He himself explicitly asserted the necessity of faith and baptism, and thereby affirmed at the same time the necessity of the church, which men enter through baptism as through a door. Hence they could not be saved who, knowing that the Catholic Church was founded as necessary by God through Christ, would refuse either to enter it or to remain in it." End quote. Now to show that this teaching is not only in line with the words of Christ, some of which we just quoted about salvation, but also in line with the ancient tradition of the Church from the earliest fathers, I'll give you a couple quotations from the early fathers of the Church. St. Ignatius of Antioch, very familiar to us from past episodes, writing in the year 110. Again, he was an, a disciple of John the Apostle. He said, quote, Be not deceived, my brethren. If anyone follows a maker of schism, he does not inherit the kingdom of God. If anyone walks in strange doctrine, he has no part in the passion of Christ. Take care, then, to use one Eucharist, so that whatever you do, you do according to God. For there is one flesh of our Lord Jesus Christ and one cup in the union of his blood, one altar, as there is one bishop, with the presbytery and my fellow servants, the deacons." End quote. So St. Ignatius talking about one is saved only in the unity of doctrine and unity of worship, that if we follow a maker of schism, as he says, that is a sect separate from the church, or someone who walks in strange doctrine, which would be heretical teaching, that is, outside the true faith of Christ, the unity of the faith of Christ's church, or that we do not partake in the sacraments instituted by Christ, then we have, as he says, no part in the kingdom of God, no part in the passion of Christ. St. Irenaeus, writing in the year 189, he says, quote, Where the church is, there is the Spirit of God. Where the Spirit of God is, there is the church and all grace, end quote, identifying the church as the instrument of God's grace. Origen, writing in the year 250, says, if someone wants to be saved, let him come into this house, the church, so that he may be able to attain his salvation. Let no one then be persuaded otherwise, nor let anyone deceive himself. Outside of this house, that is, outside of the church, no one is saved. For if anyone should go out of it, he is guilty of his own death." St. Cyprian of Carthage, writing in the year 251, quote, "...whoever is separated from the church and is joined to an adulteress, that is, a separate church, is separated from the promises of Christ." nor will he that forsakes the church of Christ attain to the rewards of Christ. He is an alien, a worldling, and an enemy. He cannot have God for his father who has not the church for his mother." End quote. These might seem to the modern mind to be harsh claims, but that's only because we have embraced the idea that there is no real truth that's true for everyone. That to claim that someone might be wrong or that someone holds the truth and someone else does not is unkind or uncharitable. But we have to ask ourselves what's more important, to try and accommodate the words of Christ and his church to our current mentality or to conform our minds to the truth that is revealed by Christ. That's actually the classical definition of truth, the adequatio mentis ad rem, the making our mind conform to the thing, to reality, rather than vice versa. So it's important for us to encounter the truths that Christ revealed to us, even if they might seem to be in conflict and really are in conflict in many ways with how we tend to think about things in our day and age. So we have the witness of Christ in the gospel to the absolute necessity of himself for our salvation, that we are only saved through him, that he is the only way, and an unbroken continuous tradition from his words up into the present age in the teaching of the church that outside of the church there is no salvation. Now even though that statement outside the church there is no salvation 
does require more explanation because remember the first truth that we had to keep in mind that it seems inconsistent with God's infinite goodness and desire for our salvation that any be lost through no fault of their own. It's still important to state that outside the church there is no salvation because the church was instituted as the ordinary means of salvation, that is, the sure means of salvation, the way, the one way that Christ revealed to us, the one way through which we are saved, because Christ is, in a sense, identified with his church as his body. Another reason to emphasize this fact is that once we start explaining more about it and how there might be ways outside of the visible confines of the church that some might be saved, the moment that this became more widespread, it quickly morphed into outside of the church. If someone is ignorant of Christ, then they definitely are saved because it's no fault of their own, which is not true at all and is not even in keeping with the teaching of the church on this point. It has led to disastrous consequences. The moment that this idea that outside the church you can be saved just as easily inside the church because, hey, if you don't know about it, you're not responsible, therefore you're saved, is not what the church teaches, but it also led to a total deflation of the missionary effort of the church. Starting about 50 or 60 years ago, when people began to take on the mindset that we have now that every way is just as good, and hey, even the church says that outside the visible confines there's possibility of salvation, then many in the church stopped having this missionary zeal. And the church from her very beginning has been a missionary. That is the very essence of who she is. That's what Christ said as he was ascending into heaven. Go teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. As soon as the church began to try to explain or soften the teaching of outside the church there is no salvation or even explaining legitimate reasons that someone might be able to be saved if they're not visibly a member of the church, then people took it as quote unquote an out and that we ought to just respect everyone else's religion as equally valid. Remember what we said in an earlier episode that either all religions are false or one of them is true. It simply cannot be that all religions are equally valid. The church does not believe that all religions are equally valid. The church believes what Christ said, namely that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that she herself, the church, is Christ's body and was instituted to bring salvation to all nations. But once you lose this missionary zeal because of a misguided desire to accommodate everyone's situation and leave them as they are, or even to think, hey, it's better to leave people in ignorance of Christ because then at least they're more likely to be saved than if I preach Christ to them and they reject him. That is a, a very perverse notion of loving your neighbor. So we must state unequivocally that yes, outside the church there is no salvation. Now, what is the further explanation of that by which we can maintain the fact that Christ is infinitely good and desires our salvation and that someone who, through no fault of their own, doesn't know Christ should not be condemned? Well, we already know that and we already spoke about the fact that there were those righteous who came before Christ, those members of the Old Covenant. You had the righteous patriarchs. We know that they in some way enjoyed grace and were saved. Many of them are venerated as saints in various parts of the church. So we know that just coming before Christ in history does not mean that you're condemned. But what about those who were not part of the Old Covenant, did not know God through his self-revelation in any way before Christ came, or those who even after Christ came lived when the gospel was not preached to them? What does the church say then? The Catechism goes on to say, 
those who through no fault of their own do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, but who nevertheless seek God with a sincere heart and moved by grace, try in their actions to do his will as they know it through the dictates of their conscience, those two may achieve eternal salvation. And also, Second Vatican Council says, quote, Since Christ died for all men, and since the ultimate vocation of man is in fact one and divine, we ought to believe that the Holy Spirit, in a manner known only to God, offers to every man the possibility of being associated with this paschal mystery, end quote. And this is very much in line with what St. Paul says in Romans, quote, when Gentiles who have not the law do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that what the law requires is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or perhaps excuse them on that day when, according to the gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus." End quote. So what does all this mean? Looking at that first quote from the Catechism, there's a couple things to note. It's not only that they are ignorant through no fault of their own of the gospel of Christ, but in addition to that, they still seek God with a sincere heart. And that doesn't just mean sincere in the way we use it, like, oh, they've got a pretty good intention, but no, sincerely seeking the truth and being open to his grace and in their actions, doing his will as they know it through the dictates of their conscience. So that is following natural law. It concludes by saying those two may achieve eternal salvation. And that second quote from the Second Vatican Council say that we ought to believe that the Holy Spirit, in a manner known only to God, offers to every man the possibility of being associated with this paschal mystery. So the church limits herself to saying and only goes so far as to say, if someone, through no fault of their own, which in our day and age seems almost impossible to be invincibly ignorant of the gospel because of our means of communication and our media, our ability to research things, the availability of knowledge of scripture, of the teaching of the church, etc. But in times past, or even in a very rare exception in our current time, if someone really is invincibly ignorant, unable to overcome their ignorance of the gospel, then if they then also follow the dictates of their conscience and are open to grace and seek the truth sincerely, they may be saved in a way known only to God. But also that the way that they're saved is that they are given a share in the paschal mystery. That is, they are still saved through the mystery of the church, not in some way separated from the church, but through the grace given to us by the church, even if the person is not a member of the church, at least visibly. So everyone who is saved is saved through the church. Even when one is not visibly a member of the church, they are still saved through the church because the church is the body of Christ and Christ is the only way. Now, it should go without saying, but I'll say it anyways, that merely being a member of the church does not mean you are saved. This whole teaching is that the church is the ordinary means for our salvation. Ordinary, not in the sense that we might think, but ordinary in the sense that this is the means that Christ gave us. There might be extraordinary situations in which ways known only to God, someone might be saved when they are not a member of the church, but the church is the ordinary means of salvation. Still, if you are a Catholic and you live a dissolute life, of course you're going to be condemned if you don't repent. Of course you're going to hell. <laughs> it still remains true that the only way to be saved is to die in the state of grace. But being within Mother Church and enjoying the availability of the sacraments and being able to receive Christ's body and blood, being able to receive Christ's mercy through the sacraments is a surer way to salvation 
than to rely on some unknown action of God's grace outside the church. That is why we all need to be missionaries, because this is what Christ intended, to bring all people into his church, that they might all receive his grace through these surer means of salvation, which are the doctrine of Christ as taught in the church and the grace received in the sacraments. Please consider becoming a member at patreon.com slash catholicdailybrief. Also, please give a five-star rating and a good review. God bless.